Welcome to Golden Hour Podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Ince, and today we're going to be doing something super exciting. We are going to be doing a Bible study. We're going to be reading from 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and we're going to really just be delving into the Word of God and dwelling on the theme of just being still and letting God fight our battles and believing Him for who He is and trusting in His promises and standing on them as the firm, solid rock that they are. So grab your mug and get comfortable and settle in because we are about to have a great time because this is your golden hour. Okay, so now that your Bibles are out and you have your mug and you're all settled in, we're going to start reading. Chapter 20. It happened after this that the people of Moab, with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites, came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea from Syria, and they are in Hazazon Tamar, which is Engedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered to ask help from the Lord, and from all cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. And I love how this is already playing out. It doesn't say Jehoshaphat became fearful and he fled from the Lord, or Jehoshaphat became fearful and took a nap because he just could not handle what he have, what news he just received. Jehoshaphat has learned a lesson that as women of God and people of God, that we have got to learn also, women alike. We've got to know that when we are receiving bad news and that people are running to us or a person's telling us, like, this is happening, this is happening, that not to, not to be rattled, and it's okay to be fearful, but what you do with your fear is what matters. So it says that Jehoshaphat, he was fearful, but what did he do? Exactly what God wants us to do, to go and seek him. And he declared a fast for all the land of Judah. So now verse 5 says, Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, you are, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand, is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? So let's take note here before we go on to verse 8. I love this. Um, I think I actually have a note in one of my other Bibles that Jehoshaphat's prayer carries such weight because I believe that one of the strongest like tactics and um, some of the strongest ammo that we have in our in our um, what's it called I don't even know but some of the strongest armor that we have um, in our prayer lives is to remind ourselves, even though he's speaking to the Lord, yes, but he is reminding himself of all the things that God has done. He is strengthening his faith as he is praying. And he's just, he's doing the thing. And I love this so much. So we're going to go on to verse 8. And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affection, and you will hear and save. 
And oh my goodness, how much I love this verse. Jehoshaphat, he's crying out to the Lord. He's praying to God and he's saying, We will cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and save. So he knows. That's why when, if we look back to, I think, let's see, um, verse 3, that when Jehoshaphat feared, he set himself to seek the Lord. Because Jehoshaphat has this gem of knowledge that if and when he does cry out to God, that he will be heard. And not only is he heard, and not only is his cry known to God and deeply cared for, but God will save. And he knew that. And I think that it's so important um, to just hold on to this promise that sometimes we sit in our prayer rooms and we cry out to God and we feel like nothing is changing. But this verse is a promise to us that when we cry out to God in our affliction, that he will, in our affliction, um, he will hear and save. It's a promise. So no matter what it feels like and what it may look like, just to know that things are shifting. So let's read verse 10. And now, here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you whom would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Also, extremely relatable. Every day of our life, whatever comes up, if we don't know what to do, let's take some notes from Jehoshaphat because he knows what's good. Jehoshaphat is like, God, I understand, but... Right now, I don't really know what is going on, and I'm okay with that. But I don't really have to know what, but I can know who. Or really a matter of, I don't have to know how, and rearrange those letters and say, but I know who. And that is a vital piece of information um, to have. So he's saying that the people of Judah, that their eyes are on him even though they don't know what to do. Verse 13. Now, all Judah, with their little ones, their wives, and their children, stood before the Lord. Verse 14. Then the Spirit of the Lord... <laughs> I love it. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon... Uh, let's see. Came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mataniah, um, a Levite of the sons of Aspha, or Asaph, um, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all you Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you. Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And you know, I feel like this verse, it's so potent, but I feel like um, in, in Christians, amongst Christians, that this term has, that this verse has kind of been thrown around in the sense of what we all say, well, you know what, you just stand still, girly. And God is going to fight for you. And it's almost become 
I don't know, I don't want to say like a surface level, but it's just so commonly heard. But we have got to understand the potency of this verse and of what is being said here. Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. There is a song, um, I think by Michael W. Smith, it's real good. Um, I think it's called Surrounded, um, and then in like parentheses, Fight My Battles. And it's so good, it's very simple. The lyrics are very, very simple. It's just saying, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. And it ties into this verse so perfectly. It says, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. So it looks like he's surrounded by this great multitude, but as much as that may be a quote-unquote reality, guess who was actually fully surrounding him and who really is the wall of fire around him and the glory in his midst. It's God. So I think it's something that's incredible that we can just rest in the fact that this life and the battles that it has, they have, they're, they're not ours. And that all we have to do is just relax. Cry out to God. Tell him, God, I hand this over to you because this is not something that I can handle on my own. So that the battle is not mine, Jesus. It's not mine, God. It's yours. And that is something to really rest in because it can be so exhausting trying to fight our own battles and we'll lose every time. But should we just hand them over to God, we go undefeated because as the women of God we are and we just are undefeated when we're on the winning team. I think that that's such a blessing. So verse 16, um, it's finishing. Um, Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them. Wow, that is so powerful. I can feel the weight of that even as I'm reading it, because the word is life, and I literally can feel that. So before I get carried away, um, we're going to move on to verse 18. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, I'm guessing in reverence. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. So what is this telling us? I feel like the Holy Spirit is just telling me right now to just say this. This, verse 18, it says, And Jehoshaphat, I'll read it again, bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord. But then what? worshiping the Lord. So what's, this, what's the lesson to us here? That we can worship before we physically see the victory and that we can thank God for the victory before we get it. Why? Because we come from the victory, not for it. We fight from the victory, not for it. It is a given. We have just been told in the previous verses that this this whole thing has already been won. God can't lose. The battle is God's. It's not ours. So it's a given. So why in our own lives do we kind of surpass that part of scripture? And we're like, oh, Jesus, it looks like I'm losing, blah, 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 like whatever. And I get it. We're humans. And sometimes things look really awful. 
But what do we know? We have read the back of the book. Who do we know? We know Jesus. And we know that this battle has already been won. So instead of really just um, getting super discouraged to the point where we cannot even function properly in our day-to-day lives, rather should we close the door, get in our prayer place, and worship God and thank Him for what He's already done for us. So now verse 19. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites um, and the children of the Korathites, y'all look, Bible names, <laughs> they stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. There is something, I relate to this verse, there is something about raising your voice to heaven, not like obnoxiously, not just like coming in there and screaming without reverence. But something about coming from like the deepest part of who you are and to look up, look outside your window and kind of look up to the sky and get in full worship mode and just let it all out and raise your voice loud and high. There is something in the atmosphere, whew, goosebumps, there is something in the atmosphere that has got to shift. It's got to move. Raise your voice loud and high. So here we go. Now this is where the story starts picking up quick. All right, stay with me here. You might have finished your coffee or your tea by now, but you got to stay with me. Here we go. Verse 20. So they rose early in the morning and they went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. Ooh, looky, looky. Take note. Grab your highlighter. Grab your pen. Grab your post-it notes. Grab something to take notes with because, ladies, here we've got it. Another promise. Something to hold on to for daily life. Something that is valid and living. Something that we can place our hope in eternally unbeatable write it down verse 5 believe in the lord your god and you shall be established believe his prophets and you shall prosper hold on to it here we go verse 21 and when he had consulted with the people he appointed those who should sing to the lord so he said he's assembling a worship team over here um and who should praise the beauty of holiness and uh, um, as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Verse 22. Now they began to sing and praise. Here we go. The Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. They're done. They're finished. They're canceled. Why? Once again, let's let's wrap this up here. Worship. It sounds like, okay, yeah, okay, sometimes I go into church on a Sunday morning and sing a couple Hillsong songs, and I think it's really cool. Okay, yeah, but let's take it a step further. What does genuine worship do for us? It releases something in the atmosphere, something in the heavenly realms, that God is coming to fight for us. Check it here. Once again, it says, Now, when they began to sing and to praise. Now, here we go. The Lord set ambushes against their enemies. It has the names here, but of course. So, once again, (laughs) 
the importance of worship. And now we're going to move on to verse 23. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they, let's flip the page here, and when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. <laughs> okay, y'all want to talk about a gag? Y'all want to talk about a gag? Let's go back and read this again. <laughs> it almost gets funnier to me every time I read this. Okay, so their enemies, let's, uh, let me break this down a little bit here in case it was a little confusing. It's basically saying from verse 23, ooh, starting right outside. Um, basically in verse 23, it's saying that their enemies stood up <laughs> to go and fight themselves. They had, I think it was three, three it's Ammon and Moab, okay, so I think two. But, um, no, it's three, Ammon, Moab, and then the inhabitants of Mount Seir. So imagine um, three, I don't want to say tribes, but like three groups of people who are all the common enemy, um, all the common enemy of Jehoshaphat and Judah. They're standing up. <laughs> And they stand together, and then after all this praising is going on, and they're praising the Lord, and they're praising the Lord, and God let out ambushes. Mind you, Judah had to do nothing, zero percent. They stood there, and their enemies beat themselves up. I kid you not. Read it for yourself. Read it again. They stood there and beat themselves up. They utterly destroyed each other, says the word of God. And... <laughs> They helped to destroy. I think it's funny that the word helped is used here. They helped to destroy one another. So verse 24. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness. <laughs> so they're pulling up to the function now. And they're standing there. And they look toward the multitude. And there were their dead bodies fallen on the earth. And no one. Zero percent. Had escaped. So wow. Let's have a quick recap here. <clears throat> worship team assembled worship team and everyone is getting their praises lifted to the heavens they are singing from a place of wholehearted worship to God and God is pleased and God releases an ambush to have the enemies attack each other all while Israel is just minding um, Judah is just minding their business praising God they have not picked up a sword yet and I think that that's an important theme for our lives, that what weapons are we using to try and fight our battles? Are we using nasty words towards each other? Are we throwing shade? Are we spilling tea? What are the weapons that we pick up that are virtually and exactly ineffective? How God is trying, God wants to fight our battles for us in the sense and the purpose that his way is perfect, number one, his will is perfect, and that he's undefeated because he wants us to win and has declared us as victors through his son. So I can see how it can kind of make God just shake his head if he's looking down here and we're like, well, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say something to her right now and we say something really unkind and we've all been there. We say something unkind to another woman and we think, we feel like this small bit of satisfaction at the time. But what we could have done, what we should have done rather, was just sat back, went to God in prayer. God, I really feel like Susie just kind of overstepped me. Didn't really appreciate that about Susie. So I'm praying to you, and um, I'm going to pray for Susie here. The Bible says pray for your enemies. I'm like, Susie, I forgive her. 
And Lord, I pray that you bless Susie. And I pray that whatever Susie is going through, that you just help her out. Because I don't think that Susie is a bad person, no matter how she paints herself. And that Susie has just got some problems going on. And God, I'm going to worship you through this, no matter how painful um, the things that she says about me are, no matter how painful the things that Susie has done to me. I'm just going to praise you through this and I'm going to trust that this is all in your hands and that I just need to be still. That's literally what Judah is doing right now. They are not, they have not picked up a sword once. They have not picked up a weapon. But what have they picked up? The garment of praise. And they praise God and God's like, mm-hmm, I like that. And he goes, he fights the battles for them and they did not have one pinky inside of this. Um, not one thinking side of this battle, they defeated themselves. The enemies defeated themselves. Whew. So now, verse 25. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, <laughs> I think this is, I think this is good too. Here we go. Uh, who am I kidding? This whole thing is good. Um, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies. No, okay, I, I get it. Like, you could be reading this and be like, ooh. Are they picking jewelry off of corpses? Yes, but we're, we're, we're going to move on from that. Um, and precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. <laughs> and there were three, um, and they were three days. It took three days for them to gather their blessings. All right, here we go. I love it. Um, gathering the swell because there was so much. And on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Berica. For there they blessed the Lord. So they blessed the Lord before and after battle. Consider that also in life. Um, therefore, the name of that place was called the Valley of Berakah until this day. Then they returned, every man of Judah and Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat in front of them, to go back to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. So they came to Jerusalem with string instruments and harps and trumpets to the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they had heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. Then the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest all around. On the blog, I have a post um, titled On Being a Girl Boss. That's really what it's called. And, um, and there I kind of just uh, like explain that God has us in a lane of rest and not in a lane of the rat race. How much more drama and slaughter would this have been if Jehoshaphat had chosen not to listen to God and to say, God, I don't really know exactly how this is going to work out. So I think um, for what's visible and what I think should be okay, I think I should just take this into my own hands and fight this myself. It would have been a mess. But no, that's not what happened. He went and he let God fight for him. So what does that, what does that do for us? Where does that place us? It places us in a place of rest. God is peace. God is rest. And because they chose to be obedient to God, they lost no soldiers because nobody got killed. No one even got a little paper cut. <laughs> and then they collected their blessings and they had the victory. And then as if that couldn't have been enough, God in all his grace and mercy said, you know what, here's some rest also. God gave them, gave him rest all around. And everyone around them is scared of them because the Lord, their God, the Lion of Judah, fought their battles for them. 
the end of this chapter, verses 31 through 37, go over the end of Jehoshaphat's reign and the mistake that he made. But this episode is about the battle. So if you want to go and read that, I encourage you to do so. Thank you so much for listening to Golden Hour Podcast. Your support means so much. To get access to all things Golden Hour, head on over to goldenhourministry.com. Subscribe to Golden Hour Podcast on iTunes, follow on Spotify, and on Podbean. Share this with a friend and leave a review on iTunes. It really helps. I'd like to pray for you before I sign off. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word with this listener, who you love. I pray that you bless them and reveal to them the incredible purpose that you have for their life. Thank you for who you are and that you are so abounding in grace and mercy for all of our days and that your grace sustains us. Thank you for this time, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I hope that this blessed you and that you continue to bring your mug and join me here on Golden Hour Podcast.